0: welcome all of you wine and true crime lovers happy 4th of july it's great to be back we're gonna kick off this month's episodes with our live show from the dallas public library enjoy be safe today happy birthday america and we'll see you next week hi everyone welcome everybody welcome welcome
1: everybody hears everybody yeah everybody here okay everybody
0: hear us us out there okay All right. Well, we're going to start our show how we start every show, and then I'll do some introductions for these two gentlemen up here with me. Welcome, all of you wine and true crime lovers. I'm Brandy.
1: And I'm Chris.
0: And this is Texas Wine and True Crime. So um, each and every week, Chris and I come out with a um, new episode of our podcast. We are called Texas Wine and True Crime because we drink Texas wine. We work with Texas wineries. Um, he pairs a dish, so if you're into entertaining guests, we always pair wine with dishes, and he can—he saves lives at Parkland every day, but he takes the time to make us a dish and share it with our listeners. Um, it's sort I of save
1: lives. She really uh, put <laughs> me out there. I'm saving lives. I like to think that, but. <laughs> and of course uh, we, we are so Texas we both have Whataburger tattoos so
0: yes yes Whataburger yeah. How I have no tattoos
1: <laughs> no not really well so I hadn't considered it maybe in my 20s or something like that but def- you on. definitely would want to do over on that for sure
0: <laughs> so um, and then we tell a true crime story from Texas you can find us on all of your or you listen to your favorite podcasts and you can also find us on Patreon where we will have all of Chris's amazing recipes and wine Um, okay, so today we're gonna we're gonna we only have an hour. Typically, our shows will last anywhere from two to three hours. So, we will do full cases, we typically go to wineries and do these live shows. So, it's just a different type of form of entertainment. Well,
1: if I may clarify, our podcast is not two or three hours, that'd be a big investment if you want to download (laughs) that. Yes, so. (laughs) Yeah, um, no. we, you, you just scared everybody off because <laughs> who has that much time to listen to people? We
0: don't have that so much time to talk. When, so When
1: we do like a live event, um, typically, yes, it'll be two to three hours, sometimes yep. a little bit more. And so that's spread out where we're taking breaks. But yeah, yeah normally an average podcast uh, is about
0: 45, f- 45
1: minutes. minutes to an hour. So yeah. like most of them.
0: We're not, we're not, are we? We we're don't not, take no. that long? We're not that hardcore. <laughs> yes. Okay, so I want to welcome Chris, the other half of Texas Wine and True Crime. Thank you for being here, as always.
1: Yes, welcome everybody, too. We sound
0: good. You'll hear us. I like to think the audio quality has sounded good since episode one because of him. So thank you, babe. I think
1: we sound actually pretty good through this as well. At least we can.
0: And this is our friend. This is our friend, Officer Sergeant. Sergeant. Sergeant, That's right. Brian Baker. So Brian is the best of both of our worlds because not only is he... An investigator And he's gonna And Q&A You now have a police officer here If there's anything You've ever wanted to ask If he can answer it He to will put me out there <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at that I'm good at that um, Everything
1: you want to know From a police officer But well, afraid yeah, was, to ask
0: you, you, Yeah Right <laughs> Yeah that You might not just walk Into a police station and Ask He's here for here you, you today I'm here But he also owns a winery and he's got some amazing wine. Oh, so thank you. So you are the best of both of our worlds. Wow. You, you've been on our show before. Yes, ma'am. So now we're bringing you back.
1: He's also officially the only person to be on our only video that we've ever posted of a podcast. Uh, yes. And so that's a, that's a great <laughs> milestone, too. The
2: first, yes.
0: Um, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? Tell them a little about yourself. I
2: right, guess So I am uh, Brian Baker. I'm a sergeant with the Colony Police Department. I've been, well, I've been in... Policing since 98, so you guys do the math. I've gotten to the point where I can't do it anymore. <laughs> um, and uh, what it is is I've been a detective of that time of over seven years. I'm a sergeant now, so now I'm overseeing all of our detectives there in uh, the colony. Uh, thankfully, I've actually, through some of my experiences, I got to work with Dallas uh, several times on, uh, on some murder investigations. So I had a lot of fun. I have a lot of experience um, yep. in, I guess, really a little bit of everything. Uh, but I really love the c- Crimes Against Persons was my specialty there in the colony. So really have a heart for that, especially domestic violence cases. Uh, it's really big uh, heart for that. So And then, yeah. of course, there's the winery.
0: <laughs> yes. So. And we're going to let you talk more about that when we talk about the winery. Yep. Okay, who has listened to our show before, Texas Wine and True Crime? Oh, only a handful. We, we love that. We love seeing new people. And who typically will listen to podcasts? Who doesn't listen to podcasts? Okay, all right. I just like you to don't have up. to
1: sheepishly raise your hand. It's okay. <laughs> no, it's okay. I didn't listen to a lot of podcasts before we did this either. So,
0: all right. So we're going to go ahead and jump in. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about Bonnie and Clyde first. Um, who doesn't know Bonnie and Clyde? Everybody know who Bonnie and Clyde is. All right. So very
1: uh, local to our area. As very well, local. So.
0: Buried not. Uh, Clyde is buried about six minutes from here. Uh, different, different graves, different things going on in there uh, where, where they both are. We'll talk about that, and then we're going to talk about a case that um, Officer Baker did with us, and that is a missing persons cases from Carrollton. Anybody here from Carrollton, Newman Smith area? Two girls went missing about thirty-three years ago, and uh, we talked about mm-hmm. this case. We I read the book about this case. I'm trying to get an interview with the author because it is um, something that happened in our community where my husband grew up, where I grew up, and um, these girls have never been found and the case is still unsolved. And then we're going to talk about two hot topics that um, are important to us. We're our big victim advocates, and um, human trafficking is becoming a big issue in this country, a big issue in the state of Texas. And we are also going to talk a little bit about um, mass shootings, which is another Big topic and something that's happening seems weekly in our country. And um, so that's what we're going to talk about tonight.
1: I think Brady just turns this into a two hour show. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot I'm of good stuff. At that it's too. a mouthful. I I like actu- mouthfuls, so. Now,
0: I actually was going to cover Darlie Routier because. Um, I did a three-parter, so if you'd like to go to the podcast and listen to that three-parter we did, because it's three parts, which means it's three hours, so uh, probably not enough time. I took that off the schedule, guys. Sorry. They're like, how are you going to do all of this in an hour? We're not. Okay, so let's talk about Bonnie and Clyde. Um, So they have a lot of history here in Texas. There's a lot of things people don't know about Bonnie and Clyde. Um, Alicia, where is Alicia still in here? Okay, so I was telling Alicia what we were doing today, and she told me she is a distant cousin of Bonnie Parker, and that she has actually been to a Parker family reunion, and that, that Bonnie Parker is not spoken about um, at these family reunions. So I went to visit both of their graves, and when you go, so Bonnie Parker is buried about 10 minutes from our home. Um they can come in. Um Bonnie Parker's buried about 10 minutes from our house. So you go there there is a this it's a beautiful cemetery. Um there's you know you go in they have a map to where she's buried. People go there looking for her grave. Um and and when you see it she's buried next to her mother and there is lipstick, there's perfumes, there's I mean All all women things are on top of her grave. So and then I went to Clyde's after that. And this is in the daytime. And I pull up and I look around and I'm like, "Okay, Chris, one would kill me if you knew I was here. But there was nowhere to talk to anyone. I had to go and like search around for Clyde's grave. Um, It's just in a very... Random, unkept cemetery right out of Oak Cliff, where he, with her Barrow family, grew up. His father actually had that plot of land in that cemetery. He's buried next to his brother. So it was a very interesting day. I wanted to just kind of go see um, their graves. But well, I, s-
1: I, I think it's really interesting, too, how you—all these years have passed, and you go to her gravesite, and you still see the, the popularity. Yeah. Because um, these were media darlings during yes. the Depression. You know, right. even as criminals, and you know, portrayed as uh, Robin, you know, modern day Robin Hood, and yep. Um, well, I guess, and it's been. Can we? Me, I
0: mean, it's been almost a hundred years. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of incredible to think it's been that long. And you have to wonder: Did they know they'd be so popular after death? Right? I mean, imagine if they knew. Well, people yeah, because she she was, about a, today. she
1: was a she was a killer, but yet people are still going. And I mean, I don't know many other um, criminals like that that people are yeah. going to their grave sites and putting you know lipstick and kind of a mem- a memorial. Essential yeah. to her. Uh, however, to her. it's very, uh, it's very different uh, outlook of how they view her. Uh, at,
0: yeah. In, there was nothing at his grave except overgrown grass. I, well, mean, I know, they but they're both the same them.
1: person. Like, I mean, right. they both committed the same crimes, but yet That's she's right. more, you know, like nobody cares about him. Um, and yet people are like, I said, are kind of well, nice flowers, uh, lipstick and whatnot. But it's almost like, like it's a bad thing. It's just a very interesting look at how two of the people committed the same crime, but yet they're, viewed differently, perhaps, in the eyes of the public.
0: Right. Well, her mother always thought that Bonnie got in trouble because of Clyde. She never thought her daughter would have, and and she has she had openly said that, and there was a reason they wanted to every be every mother buried. think it's
1: not their kid, right? They
0: wanted to be <laughs> buried together, but they were buried separate. So let's talk about this. They met in 1930, um, in Texas, right? So can't believe it's been almost a hundred years. Um, they were responsible for 13 murders, and their crime spree lasted 21 months. So we think like some people think that's a lot shorter. Some people think they had been around for years. We can't say the name of the winery or the person, but we got invited to a winery, and this person brought out a gun that was found in the creek behind his winery, and they do believe it belonged to Bonnie Parker because they, had, they were hiding out In this area of Dallas at the time,
1: yeah, that that road that runs straight from Oak Cliff out to Midlothian—that was their kind of their little run where they would go out to the well, essentially. I guess the pasture in the country back then to to hide out. Essentially,
0: yeah, they they used all parts of Dallas to hide out. So, did you guys know that they were they weren't just in Texas though? They had robbed in Oklahoma, they Mm -hmm. robbed in New Mexico, they robbed in Missouri. Okay, so bank robberies were actually not their specialty. A lot of people think they just robbed banks and but they actually um we know i
1: would say with gas prices these days i'd probably stick to texas <laughs> you know, yes. I'm, 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 no doubt
0: but they actually robbed mom and pop shops they would only actually get five or ten dollars um oh, from these places so they're they actually didn't rob big banks they went after the small mom and pop gas station. Well, that's
1: easier, easier
0: pickings, it, I guess
2: easier you'd say. Target, absolutely, yeah. that will be much easier. Yeah. So in
0: 1930, I did the calculation. Five dollars would be eighty-two dollars today, ninety dollars, around between eighty-two and ninety Man,
2: bucks. That's still not a very good return. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no.
0: Okay, and Bonnie loved to wa- uh, write poetry, so. um In 1932, so after a burglary, a failed burglary, she went to jail, and she wrote this called The Story of Suicide Sal, okay? And this poem was about a girl being lured by a boyfriend to commit crime. So it was almost like she was guessing her future, almost. Writing about her future that she didn't know was coming. So, that that was kind of interesting. So, Clyde's first arrest was from failing to return a rental car. Did anybody know there were rental cars in 1930? Man.
1: Yeah, I was a little shocked at that that fact. Like, I, I hate a rent a car.
0: Yeah, I didn't know you could rent a car. But he did not return but, it.
1: But did, did he have a credit card? <laughs>
0: This is in 1926. So, I mean, it's incredible to think 1926. So he doesn't return this rental car. Right. So but when they get they find the rental car and then there is some sort of like blood or something in it. And and back then, you know, they're not doing forensic stuff. I mean, they're not doing anything like that. So they end up dropping the charges against him. um, But in his brother, they stole this car and they were found with turkeys in the back of it. Turkeys.
1: This is Great Depression, girl. You got to eat, but you got to (laughs) eat. So you find you a turkey farm. That's some good eating. I mean, right there.
0: They. It was. Yeah. They stole the rental car. They kept the rental car to steal turkeys. Yeah,
2: I'm not putting those turkeys in my car. No. I'm renting a car to do that. Lots of feathers to get out of there. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Not a lot of coin-operated vacuums at (laughs) gas stations back then. I can imagine. So,
0: Clyde chopped off two of his toes in prison. Here's why you don't jump to conclusions. So while serving a 14-year sentence in Texas for robbery and automobile theft, Clyde decided he could no longer endure the unforgiving work and brutal conditions. So he figured if he chopped off two of his toes, they wouldn't make him do any more manual work. Um, But he used an axe, first of all. He used an axe to cut two of his... Must have been Where a
1: really good aim with that axe. I can't imagine <laughs> that to myself.
0: Okay, but it permanently crippled the way that he walked. A lot of people don't know that. It permanently crippled him. And then he was released from prison like five days later.
1: Was it the piggy that went to the market or <laughs> one the one that stayed home? We don't know. I don't
0: know. But oh, okay. he was released anyway So he didn't uh, Yeah, there was no reason to cut off your toes so. Alright, so Bonnie walked with a limp Okay, and this is why you see him Holding her in a lot of the pictures We all have noticed She's kind of like on him a little bit And he's he's kind of holding her So she was in a car accident And got so burned after the car crashed It took off most of the skin on her leg mm. Almost down to the bone So she walked with this permanent limp and that is why they say he was holding her up in most of the pictures that you see them in I
1: yeah. thought he was just being sweet
0: I had no idea Well that could have been buried that could have been too All right I mentioned they were buried separately she her mother did not want her buried next to Clyde um on now Clyde was buried next to his brother Marvin, and on his tombstone it says, gone but not forgotten. No, they forgot. There's a lot of, they need to, they need to do some, you know, I don't know, how do you, how do you go to see, like, when you go to Bonnie's grave, they have a map. Like people go there to see, but like you're right, I guess nobody goes to you. you I had to search for his grave. Well, I, I just, mean, I no- think it's because
1: she's more popular. They, these two, uh, it was the Great Depression, writing stories about nothing but not having, you know, it's nothing but negative. And so this right. was a way, I think, for newspapers to sell newspapers and give something of story because, in to some degree, um, at that period of time, uh, people were probably rooting you know very much rooting for it because they didn't they did not have any money so in some yeah. ways you know you, you these people are kind of buying the grift in the system and they're going and robbing and so i guess yeah. some people uh, were really into that but i think the media at the time if you want to say the media and, and the great yeah. depression times uh, really push and promote them and plus i think too uh, just kind of what i was reading uh, bonnie there weren't too many women who did this kind of violence. And so that was something kind of new too. And so I think it just kind of captured an audience. And so I think her and herself was very, was very popular times and just even throughout the years. And I think that's just kind of probably why they have a map. Not many people care about, and and it's Bonnie and Clyde, right? not Clyde and Bonnie.
0: Right, right. And here's the thing too. We had a listener reach out to us and said that her grandmother used to own property in Texas and Bonnie and Clyde knocked on her door, brought them in gave them a meal and they left money underneath the plate so she she has this story her grandmother has always told the grandkids these stories because they were supposedly very nice people is is if you read and, and hear from the people that actually encountered them um or had grandparents who had gra- who had parents who encountered them they said they were great people well, in, yeah they probably, they probably
1: lived like gypsies and you know people put them up and and you know like I said they had that level of fame and so yeah. People, you know, probably were looking after him, hiding them to some degree. You yeah. Know?
0: All right. Well, Bonnie died wearing a wedding ring, but it did not belong to Clyde. So Bonnie actually married someone named Roy, Roy Thornton um, and... The marriage disintegrated just months after because he went to prison for murder. Um, Bonnie then meets Clyde. So, yeah, a lot of a lot of murder. Mm-hmm. boy. Yeah. She hasn't had the best lick with these guys. Um, on the day they were killed in 1934, she was still wearing the ring, okay? And she... So, she has these two interconnected hearts, right, named Bonnie and Roy. This is a tattoo she had on her right thigh. So, not only was she... Married, wearing a wedding ring, uh, like there was never. I don't even know if these two ever. Monty was kind of spicy. I mean, that no was, <laughs> was like, she, spicy. You know, she. She wasn't also looking <laughs> for
1: these red flags. These guys. I mean, gotta look for the red flag. There's your sign, as they say. So in
0: 1933, they issued a warrant. For their arrest. So this interstate transportation went from Dallas to Oklahoma, and then the automobile was stolen um, in Illinois. So they start their hunt on the elusive pair. Does anyone want to guess how many bullets they took that day? 167 bullets is how many they took from when, when they were found. It's a lot. Hmm.
1: It's a lot. You think about it too. I mean, I think of the famous scene from the the old uh, Faye Dunaway and the um, Warren Beatty movie. You know, that's like the the final just yes, the yep. shootout, at the end. Then you got the you know the, the Texas Rangers with the Tommy guns mm-hmm. and big fifty round drums of forty five caliber shells just laying. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, and I think they want to make sure they were dead because they caused so much havoc. And you know, I don't know if that would fly these days. Uh, there might be a little issue. Yeah. But. Would you like to speak on that,
2: Brian? <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, we place. have a lot of questions for you after this, Brian.
0: Okay, Bonnie Parker had taken one bite of her bologna sandwich when her outlaw boyfriend, Clyde Barrow, cruised into the waiting trap. The car was riddled with 167 bullets in less than 20 seconds. It's, un- it's unbelievable to think about that. Yeah. I, wonder how many pe- I wonder how many officers were there. That's what I don't know.
2: How many seconds did you say?
0: 20 seconds. 167 right. bullets in less than 20
2: seconds. I don't know. If you think one bullet. It's the
0: big guns, right? Yeah. That they like were Tommy using, gun. The yeah. Tommy no. gun.
2: Yeah. You're looking at probably what, I don't, I mean, I'm not an expert on those firearms, but I mean, <laughs> you're looking at probably what, one to two rounds a second at least on those. So okay. You, so yeah, you yeah, and there's yeah, There's 20, 50 rounds in that, yeah. that drum. So so six, it, eight, yeah. eight guys probably sitting mm-hmm. there waiting on them.
1: Yeah. There's actually, a, I, I have not seen it. Not, has anyone seen The Highwaymen on Netflix? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's supposed to be a really good movie. I I, I want to go back and watch that. Um, that's because um, it's all about that. So
0: oh, okay. Yeah, that's Woody awesome. Harrelson's
1: in it. I think Kevin oh, okay. Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. They, <laughs> they play the the Rangers that hunt them down. That's but um, yeah, just because I mean that they've even to this day we're making movies about about Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah,
0: they probably had no idea what kind of a weird effect they would have on mm-hmm. this world. Yeah. And um, but that's it. That's the story of Bonnie and Clyde. All right, so we are going to go into um, – why don't you tell us a little bit about your winery?
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so our, our winery is called Costco Bell Ranch Winery. Uh, it's a, just a small boutique winery outside of Sherman. And we uh, – honestly, like, we're kind of part remodel right now, part expansion. So we're trying to grow. We're doing pretty good. So we do a lot of sales right now online or by phone or by email. So feel free to give me a call. Uh, we'll deliver to you down here if we want if you have to. So <laughs> – uh, but yeah, we're kind of by appointment only up at our place, just because it's on our family little lot, family mm. land, and yeah, that uh, that's
1: your tasting room that you make appointments for. Yes, yeah, yes. it
2: is, it, and it's what we're. In a construction remodel phase yeah. at the moment. So part of that included goats. So, I mean, <laughs> I had to add, had to add on some goats out there, so it's just kind of funny. But
1: Well, when that, life gives you goats, you just make some goat milk cheese. That's right. You know? yeah,
2: so. But anyways, yeah, we're just a small boutique winery. Where yeah. I uh went to the Texas Tech uh, winemakers uh, school. Uh, that's kind of weird. Got some stuff. Had some friends that you met, Ray. Yes. Uh, he uh, kind of mentors me. He's got goat cheese. They have goat yes. cheese there. Absolutely. That's awesome. Honestly, our goats and their goats not... Unrelated. Um, it's more of my wife had a. Uh,
1: no play dates with the goats, is yeah, what we're saying. No yeah. play dates. Mm.
2: Yeah. So, but what's fun is when you after you've pressed all your stuff and you have the pumice left over, the depressed the grapes, and it's kind of what are you going to do with it? And, yeah. well, apparently goats love that stuff. So then yeah. you end up with drunk goats. <laughs> so they eat it. And goats like goats with that. purple, purple
1: yeah, uh, fur really like around that. their chin and stuff, and yeah, yeah, kind absolutely. of funny. So or fur, hair. I don't know. What's a goat have?
2: Fur hair? What we'll have to Google I that? <laughs> I, I don't know. But yeah, so we've been doing it for just a, a few years now. It's hopefully going to be a retirement gig for me and, yes. my, and my family. So
0: you deserve it. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> you deserve it. All right. Well, go. Does uh, do, do people here visit Texas wineries a lot? Wow. Well, let me tell you, we are fifth in production in the United States. Mm -hmm. We have almost 500 wineries in Texas. Uh, We actually grow different grapes here, better than California, better than other states. So if you um, are in the summertime and you want to enjoy a white wine, um, you can uh, Roussan, if you've never had a Roussan, R-O-U-S-A-N-N-E. Man, that's some good stuff in the summer. But you need to, um, you need to just some visit some Texas wineries and follow us because we're always doing live shows at them. So, well,
1: well I have a question for Brian. As far as, so you mentioned you have some new varieties coming out. What well, kind of, how do you determine or make that decision? I want to do a particular type of grape or t- particular type of wine.
2: Well, so for us, we're we're small. We have our own vineyard that we planted a, a couple of years ago. Yeah. It's only going to be like the third leaf or the third year that it's. Uh, produced and it's up in the panhandle and where my uh, brother and my sister-in-law the pipkins have pipkin farms so they planted uh we planted grapes with them and uh, so what we're doing is just trying to find what grows best there so that's kind of a long process but being actually the new guy on the block what we do is we you have a uh there's an artisan uh grape growers association in the high plains and so all of our grapes are high plains grapes that's the Area that we like, and it's where, it, in fact, the high plains here in Texas produces eighty percent of the grapes grown in Texas. Everybody thinks it's okay. Fredericksburg and or the Hill Country. Yeah, it's
1: just where the wineries are. But right? that's just the wineries, yeah. all right. Eighty
2: yeah. percent is produced up there in the Hill Country, or I'm sorry, out in the the high plains. So yeah. what we do is we reach out to the different growers and we're like, hey, this is what we want. Like um, we've been using a lot of uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, a lot of Sangiovese, a lot of Primitivo. That that's what we've been using as our, part of our blends and things like that. But, you know, if you guys know, I don't know if y'all re- remember, it was it was really, really cold last year, and uh, or two years ago, I guess. And it was a little cold the year before that. And we've had some issues with uh, our production uh, statewide because of those late, late yeah. freezes, which, yeah. if y'all don't know, grapes grow once. And then once they freeze, if it starts to bloom and then it freezes, that vine is not going to produce the rest of the year. So you got to wait a whole other year. So, yeah. well, part of it is selection and availability. Yeah. And yeah. then we're
1: I was we, going say if you have a plan going in, then all of a sudden yeah. you have to kind of maybe switch gears or yeah. something yeah. like that
2: absolutely so well, our big deal is we're the new guys on the block we're brand new, and uh yeah. a lot of wineries have pl- already had contracts ahead of us for the bigger growers yeah. and so we we just kind of call around
1: We've we've heard that from some of the other people some of our yeah. girls down at groundwood uh, ten mile that we we talk to mm-hmm. and hang out with them quite a bit that. Yeah, you know, that's why they started planting their own vineyards because they were having trouble getting fruit and uh, a lot of the larger places were getting first dibs and oh, yeah. get the large the quantities and yeah. they were kind of getting the scraps and so but it's kind of it's nice awesome. having having somebody in the family, you know, having somebody in the family too though, where yeah. you can actually kinda of start once you start kind of producing and get yeah. those crops. And going.
0: we we've interviewed winemakers on our show. So we um November is Texas wine month. And so for the whole month of last November, we had the winemaker with their wine tele- talking about their winery and what they do. So any show you listen um, or any episode you listen to ours, we feature a different wine, a different winemaker, a different part of Texas. And that's probably been the coolest part of doing this is just who we get to meet and the wine we get to do. The
1: relationships, I think. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, we
0: yeah. I right. mean,
1: Brian, has been the. Uh, yeah true joy to, to talk to and, and <laughs> yeah. had us out that one day and just, uh, you know, I mean, yeah. I, just I told Brown like, this was really a cool experience to be able to sit and talk yeah. with him. You're a, uh, yeah. So last awesome. time
0: we got to sit down and talk to you, we did the disappearance of Stacy Madison and um, Susan Smalley. Mm-hmm. Okay. A book is written about this. Um, so this is, this is very close to home for us. These two girls were at Newman Smith high school right there in Carrollton Um, they both were on spring break. So this is like the weekend going, um, basically out of spring break. So they were off the whole week and they disappear on the weekend.
1: Yeah. Anybody cruise force lane back in the day, but in old (laughs) Dallas natives. Yeah. Well, that was
0: okay. This is, that's where
1: where this took place was uh, on the biggest, probably one of the biggest cruise spots around this part. So back in the late 70s, back in the day. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, but this was a big, this is a big story. The, uh, her parents, I think Stacy's parents were just interviewed about four or five years ago. Um, I think maybe, no, maybe on the 30th anniversary, because I think this was now the 33rd anniversary um, of their disappearance. A book was written about this case. The author's name is Sean Sutherland. So if you like to read books, true crime books. I highly recommend um, reading this book because he actually interviews the, I'm not going to say he was the one and only suspect because he was never arrested. He was never even really classified as a suspect, but he got an interview with the boyfriend who we're going to talk about. Um, and, and so let's talk about, let's talk about their day. Let's talk mm-hmm. about what happened that day. So they're on spring break weekend and both girls, Stacy Madison had a, Mustang convertible that her father had bought for her a very distinct I think it was yellow Mm it was I think I think it was yellow um very distinct so she and Susan Smalley had plans to just like Chris said cruise Forest Lane well Parents, kids probably didn't tell their parents they were going to cruise Forest Lane. Susan Smalley's mom was a single mom. She lived by herself with her daughter. Stacy Madison, her parents were both married. So, you know, I think we talked about this. We had friends in high school who who may have only had one parent and and we were over there more because they weren't home type of thing. So, you know, as high school kids do, this was sort of the thing. Stacy would spend the night at Susan's house, probably a little bit more laxed over there as far as the rules go. So, they would cruise and, and and be out at night. Before Stacy left the house that day, her mother told her, Don't forget, I can always call Susan's house and see if you're there. She said the same rules apply to you when you're there as you are here. So I do expect you to abide by that curfew, which was midnight. So the girls um, are now both together. This is about 7 or 8 o'clock in the evening. And we know that they drove to Arlington, Texas, to an apartment where there are five boys. These boys have been interviewed. Um, They were out there. Nobody really... I don't want to say nobody really knew them, but they aren't—they weren't from Arlington, right? These girls are from Carrollton, so they probably met through either a school function, some sort of.
1: No, I think pe- thing. people came from everywhere to cruise Forest Lane. They would come from Rockwall, Royce City, uh, the yes. Colony, all around. Uh, for whatever reason, this little strip of four-mile strip in the you know North Dallas is where everybody to hang out. Yeah. Hey, it's where Vanilla Ice used to hang out back in the day. That's yeah. right,
0: he did. And so this was, and that was the thing, like you said, people would jump.
1: An an interesting piece of history about forest land there, you know,
0: (laughs) ice ice baby, ice ice baby to my high school too. Do you know that? (laughs) I did not know. So, so it was normal for them to be out with friends around this area. And we even talked about jumping in people's cars. You didn't even know, right? How that was, that wasn't an uncommon thing. This is 1988, right? So this, and we'll talk about how the car was found and stuff because they did, they did find Stacy's car a few days later. So the girls are, now they've gone to Arlington. They come back to the Carrollton area. We, they, we know, investigators know, <clears throat> they went back to Susan's home because there was a phone call made to those boys in Arlington. Okay? So they know they came back. They made the phone call. Um, they were last seen at the Steak and Ale in Addison. Everybody remember that Steak and Ale? That is the last place they were seen. Susan Smalley was a hostess at that steak and ale. Um, The author of this book, Sean Sutherland, he wrote this book because he went into steak and ale with his parents one day, and she was the hostess. And then he saw the missing person flyer that had her face on it, and he remembered her. And then... Years later, it just stuck with him, and this is why he decided to write the book. He actually spoke to both families. Both families gave their consent for him to write this book and to interview them. Um, so this is the last place they are seen. Stacy is seen sitting in her convertible in front of Steak and Ale. Susan is seen inside of the Steak and Ale visiting with one of the employees. This is, I believe, just after midnight. So the police do believe they went back to Susan's house thinking that Stacy's mom could call. Just in case she did call, they wanted to make sure they were there. After midnight, the girls decided to go out and leave again. They left the house. They weren't supposed to, but they did. Um, So Steak and Ale is the last place they were seen until about four days later when her car is found. Her car is found at the corner of Webb Chapel and Forest. That's what you would know it now, Webb Chapel and Forest. There used to be uh, well some of those well, stores
1: There's still in El Phoenix there it used still to be the, in El Phoenix. the old old school Luskys Western wear and had the big horse on the front you know, yes in front of it but El Phoenix is still there it's probably the only only um, original kind of establishment that's there
0: now we know that they were not considering this um, a missing person case and that we talked mm-hmm. about this right. right that there were certain standards it had a, it had to reach a certain there had to be something in the, the missing girls, right? They just thought they were off. It's spring break. They think they're with their friends.
2: Right. I think, I mean, honestly, I think back then, and most people are thinking it's probably just a, not a, maybe even a runaway situation, but you're looking at just some teenagers who are taking a mini vacation.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. and it's two people. So, I mean, to me, it, it's less likely, I guess you would think that there would be foul play. Like you said, maybe they're there together somewhere. Them, right. Yeah.
2: So. Yeah. And then they didn't really find anything at the vehicle. So,
0: yes, yeah, so so they find the vehicle locked. There is a boombox in the back seat of their car. Their jackets are laid over the boombox. The doors are locked. So that tells police what it tells them that they're, they're probably coming back pretty soon.
2: Yeah. They, well, obviously, if you still have your property there, you know, robbery doesn't appear to be a motive. Nothing. Right. And
0: no glass broken.
2: No glass broken, no sign of a disturbance of any sort. Things are neatly somewhat put away. just as a parked car. Yeah.
0: so I had an, a listener um, after we we covered this case, I had a listener reach out and he I know he was going to try to come today. I don't think he's here, but um he actually looked up the temperature that day. okay and it was it was chilly. And he was wondering why wouldn't they not have taken their jackets if they were going somewhere for a long period of time? right?
2: That's a great question.
0: So and, and that you have I mean those are the things you look at you, yep, you know when absolutely. you're talking about these cases and and we want to say you know we there is a classification for cold cases right people say oh they think cold case cuz it's been 30 50 40 50 years on these cases but actually I think it, it you clarify it by what when tips don't come in for a certain amount of time and then you
2: Yeah so we kind of well uh, Every agency kind of does things a little bit different a lot of them are on the same page like one, one of the trainings that I've been through one of the schools was cold case investigations right mm-hmm. so in the way and it was taught by some former rangers and one of the ways that we look at it is when your leads have been exhausted and you kind of get to a standstill for a period of time and that period of time is kind of fluctuates a little bit because it's there's no it's going to depend on the case. What your last tip was was your last tip a really good one, or was your last tip just, "Hey, these girls are missing." You are like, "Well, no kidding." You know, thanks, yeah. guys. Uh, but, but at the same time, we also consider it a cold case when it when it switches detectives, like when the say one detective retires, one detective goes back. You know, like when I had left and I promoted and went back to patrol. Kind of in theory, all of my cases would have gone cold because the original investigators now gone, and now somebody else is having to come in and take over it. So. Interesting. Cold cases can be a little bit different. It's kind of like we talked about why not classify them as murder victims right now. Right. What's the difference between a missing person and a homicide? Yeah,
0: and he's referring to the fact that they are actually considered now, 33 years later, missing people, not not victims of murder or foul
2: play. Right. And that's honestly— it,
0: but does the investigation—we talked about this—because right. the investigation changes when the classification changes well, for, at, on some level. Well, for
2: us, it does not. Like right. I, I can speak for us. Like We go after—and this is actually one of the cases that helps the way shape the way the Colony Police Department investigates these cases. We've had people go missing and then turn up dead five days later, and it's like, okay, how do we prevent this from happening? We want to stop, and we want to find them. So when we get these missing children especially, or a missing— even in a teenager situation we start assigning we front what we call it we we front load our resources at the beginning and yeah. we've had a lot of them that just return home and you're like all this work and you just came back but ultimately the goal is I'd rather be frustrated because you returned saying wishing I had started getting my guys going uh, at the beginning and sure um but yeah so ultimately though missing persons and homicide you know if you're actively investigating a missing person you're really going through a lot of the same steps which again is 2022 not 1983 88, 80, 88. 88. 88. Mm-hmm. so there's a big difference i mean law yeah. enforcement's learned a ton over what is it that, now? Time. Is that 20, Well, we talked
0: I about mean, this because the the vehicle was not actually thoroughly searched. I mean, we're talking about and we and with latent prints, right? What yeah, are we, we looking for in 1988? Well, that's prints? about
2: it. I mean, you're yeah. really looking. I mean, DNA isn't a thing yet. That's right. Um, you're not looking for anything more than you're walking up, going, I don't see any blood. Nothing's broken. I guess they parked it and walked. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing missing, and, and law enforcement's not doing a ton. And now that mm-hmm. you've left because you think you've already assumed that they're runaways or not runaways, but they just are gallivanting around. Right. Uh, big word for you. Sorry, <laughs> right, that's my son. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <bacteria. right. laughs> uh, anyway, um, but now you've even left the, the crime scene, Well, ultimately yeah. could have been one of our crime right. scenes. You've now turned the vehicle back over to the family Yes. It's now almost a worthless piece of evidence at this point. And going back, yeah. especially on the outside of a car, going back now and trying to do it would be really fruitless. So it's it's a it's a big kind of swing and a miss. Except back then, it's exactly what you would have done.
0: Yeah, I mean, and well, and that's what happened. Mm-hmm. They called Stacy's father to come pick up the vehicle within 24 hours. Yeah. I do believe of them finding it. Um, they took some fingerprint evidence. They did open the trunk. Nothing was sitting in the trunk. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much the extent of, of searching the car. So the car is found. Um, parents are, um, you know, a little worried. Before the car is found, they actually they reported them missing. But like he said, because they considered them runaways. It's spring break. School is on Monday. So the police, at Carrollton police, really didn't do anything in the beginning.
2: No, they didn't do I anything. Really
0: didn't. We've we've re- we've really inv- looked into this case. They didn't do much. The father went to Newman Smith High School Monday morning looking for her vehicle, thinking maybe they had been out for the weekend. Now they're going to be back at school. It's Monday. Spring break's over, but they didn't find her car. I think, too, that
1: that, that's kind of how the times were. You you did not have that instant communication with your child like we do now.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: I think that was quite common. I mean, I don't know, especially on a vacation, I would stay at friends' houses for days and never once talk to my parents, and I guess they just assumed that I was there and- not well, that they were bad, just like I mean. But I think you had a different independence with children back oh, then, too.
2: Absolutely, but I mean, the downside is right. That's what these. The, that's what the investigators are encountering. What, they what? Pardon me. When they grew up, their own personal experience of being left alone and that's doing fine. whatever they did, what you did, what I did growing yeah. up, and then what all these other kids they've probably encountered through the history of their careers, and now you have this one family who goes. But our daughters have never done this before. Yeah.
0: Yes. By the way, and, this was very out of character yeah. for them. So
2: that's where we have to be better. And that's yeah. what I mean. That's what we stress to our guys is when the family says that, you go, okay, like, really? Like, never. Like, you've never, like, never. We really want to clarify that it was never. And then mm-hmm. it really does. I mean, that turns into your first flag is, well, they've never done it. Let's really look into it. And, yeah, I
1: mean, I knew, okay. ki- I knew kids that went to Padre and didn't call their parents till they got down there. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you know I, mean? I can't. I can't you say know. I never ended up in Austin one time. Well, no, that's what I mean, like they just would take
1: off, and I'd be like, "Well, you want the trip? No, that's cool. You know, we'll get." I mean, they probably got an earful when they got there, but I mean, I just think I think there was a little bit more of independence. You had a little bit shorter leash, or yeah. I'm sorry, longer leash. My apologies. Yeah, uh, where you know you kind of almost like Carol would like kind of let it marinate and see if these kids turn up, you know? Yeah. I well, like your idea better about front loading it now. I mean, I think it's glad we learned a lot. Well, and we that.
0: wanted to tell you guys something because we talked about this when we did the, when we did this episode about reporting people missing,
2: you should not just wait. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. You need
0: to make that phone call a, yep. a, a, and make it. And whether you get heard or not heard and what, keep you calling that call yeah. You call so again.
2: Has, Everybody heard, like, there's a 24-hour rule. You have to wait 24 hours. We literally, in our policy, says you do not have to have any time. The minute you want to call it, we'll take the report. That's our policy. Like, yeah. that's, I mean, that's how serious it's funny you it say it
1: like. I, thought, I thought that was a thing. Yeah.
2: It, well, not, it yeah. used to be because yeah. you want to w- avoid the wasted time. Wasted I, resources I that, on finding right?
0: people. But that's, you know, I mean, that is what you're using. But, you're using but, the resources <laughs> and that you don't want it to be a wasted But, unfortunately,
2: when you don't do that you end up with yeah. situations yeah. that not that it might have say it may not change anything in the situation right but i mean at least there's not a question
0: yeah so um car is found now you have police and parents worried about these girls they're not at school they're they're not anywhere and we know it's been 33 years and they've never been found um so let's talk about the boyfriend Stacey Madison had a boyfriend. There is a McDonald's that is right down the street from Newman Smith High School. It has been there forever. It is a, still a popular hangout when kids get out of school. You see a whole boatload of them walking towards the McDonald's. Well, this is where he worked. Now, he was not in high school at Newman Smith. I do believe he had just graduated. He was i do 19. He was, he was older um, than Stacy. So when Stacy left her house that night, she told her mom if the boyfriend calls— um, tell him I'm out with Susan. So she says, okay. Well, that's exactly what happens. He calls the house, asks for Stacy. The mom tells him that she's out with Susan. Well, he wasn't happy when he heard that on the phone, because he said Stacy was supposed to be picking him up from work and bringing him home. Now, once um, authorities are investigating these girls as a missing person, um, he it they found out he actually waited in front of the McDonald's for over an hour, even though there really was no plan for Stacy to be there to pick him up. And we talked about this and what that says about character. Do you want to talk about a little about that? And just the waiting of um, him calling, mm-hmm. knowing she's not coming, sitting there waiting, that pot stirring a little bit. And then he supposedly walks home from from there but um, we actually yeah. don't know what he did after that
2: right you know, no that's just I mean it's just again when you're talking about flags you, you mentioned <laughs> you, you mentioned flags over yeah. too right yes. Yes. I mean that's just kind of the thing it's like all of a sudden here's this guy who's creating not necessarily or only an alibi but he's creating a uh, a reason to be mad a reason to be angry hmm. and yeah. when he's able to I'm sure what I was gonna say let's say he's not involved and he's able to reach you know his girlfriend later it's now an excuse to to blow up to get angry mm-hmm. and then it's already a built in this is why I did it to the to the parents yeah so yeah he's definitely starting to begin to show these signs of this power that he's wanting to or has been exerting over her
0: mm-hmm. yeah um it they uh, it did come to find out that he was Stacy had told friends that he was a little um jealous and a little overbearing at times and um, that she really wanted to kind of call out the relationship, so uh, that's what friends came forward and told police. Um, They're the only alibi he has is that he was asleep on his couch and that his brother was there. Um, we know his father owned several. Um, I want to say it was like grocery store chain. He did. He he owned something in Dallas. He this guy was not in Dallas much longer in the Carrollton area after this happened. He actually moved away. And not only that, these are now years and years later. I'm going to talk about his interview that he did in the book with the author. He was told he would only be interviewed if they used a fake name. So it's not his real name in the book. Just um, I wanted to let you know that before you read it. Uh, He only agreed to be interviewed by using an alias um, in the book. But he did get arrested multiple times for domestic violence later on in his his life from, from several girlfriends who have come forward. But let's talk about why he was put on the radar um, so quickly with the Carrollton Police Department. He moved on from Stacey very quickly. He actually never helped search for them. Uh, the father and the parents noticed that he just didn't really participate in the search. And then he found a new girlfriend. Well, he's out with this girlfriend and she asks him whether he was involved. He ba- she basically asks, you know, were you there? Did something happen? Um, and he tells them that he brought Stacy and Susan out to um, basically near a cemetery, which is now like 121 in Louisville area. Um, and there was a plot like a cemetery back there. There were some railroad tracks. He was very, very descriptive about where he had taken them. And he said that he hit Stacy on the back of the head with a shovel and that his, his words quote in the book that she was running around like a chicken with her head cut off. And I talked to you about this and what don't, we don't,
1: don't, don't put paint me as the medical expert over here.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. We talked about this because <laughs> to me, when you say something like that, I want you to, th- I want to think about this, right? I always try to put myself in when I'm reading these, these stories, she's hit in the back of the head. So what do you, what does a chicken look like running around with its head's cut off like this, Right. Like zigzagging is what I feel like, trying to get away, not knowing your area. You're 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 almost just trying to get away from him. I felt like that was just so descriptive mm. of, of a of an explanation, and it, is something to say. I mean, do y'all agree well, with that? Well, so
1: this guy did not have a car, right?
0: So this guy. Did have a car, it was supposedly in the shop being fixed. Um, so I
1: mean, like the suggestion that maybe he the brother was
0: driving. We know the brother had borrowed went, took, the car, to,
1: like they were in her car, took it back there, parked it, made it look all nice and pretty clean, locked the doors, and boom, it's done. Right?
0: I believe they got in the car with someone they knew. That's what I believe. I don't believe that they were. I, I no, but I mean,
1: he, they got in his car, left their car there, and mm-hmm. got in his car, and went mm-hmm.
0: to go. yeah. Yeah. I've always believed they got into someone's car.
1: I said medical. I, I thought you were going to say so. When you hits them back in the head, it affects what part of the brain and this and that, you know, because you you always want to throw me in. Chris, you're the medical expert. Like, yeah, if you got like a problem in your colon, I could probably tell you something about it. But you know, maybe a little, little peptic ulcer disease. I'm good on that. Gallstones. But yeah, not concussions and getting hit back in the back of the head with a shovel.
0: No, but I don't, but we talked about, this but last I
1: appreciate time. your, your uh, faith in me You're welcome, to bring baby. something to the forefront with that.
0: You're welcome, but I just found it was very descriptive, very intentionally said. So, this girl goes home, tells her mother what this guy just said to her, and she immediately drives her daughter to the Carrollton Police Department. So, she tells the story, and they interview him and they said, You know, why? Why did you say that? And Sean Sutherland, who wrote this book, asks him, too, why would you say that if it wasn't true? And he said, well, I said it because people just thought I had something to do with it. And I just I was finally just had enough and I just said it. Right. Mm. I just I just admitted
1: to a double murder. Just because. Just
2: because, yeah. Just because, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Man. So that was his reasoning. Yeah. Um, Then about, I think it's about six or eight months after this girl goes to the police, he then moves out of state. He moved out of state
2: because he said his life was ruined. Was
1: there ever any investigation around this area that's puzzling?
2: Do you know, I don't think they went out did they go out there? Did they try to find that area? Cause I, I know it's out there off of, like, Business 121 and yes, it fish, is. in Fish Trap.
0: Fish Trap Road. <laughs> I know. So I'm I'm, yeah. trying, hey, I'm,
1: I know. Kind of, I'm kind of thinking of the same, like, kind of general <laughs> area, too. I told you
0: guys we needed to go out there. We're I good. told y'all we should go out there because can I, we do that feel that
2: the yeah,
0: I Can do that in the fall? Yeah, we can do that in the fall. It's a little hot right now. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Maybe when there's no chiggers. Yeah, no chiggers, <laughs> no ticks. <laughs> I mean... Uh,
0: I drag him all over Texas yes. to investigate things. So, Maybe okay, but yeah. but we—I had told y'all but we yeah. need to go out there because again, the, spe- the so specific about the location of where he drove them to, which is not even near where their car was found. I mean, it's just it's it's just too specific. Yeah, the for way me. he did it is it's way too.
2: I mean, it's not a. wasn't a. Oh yeah, you're right. I did it. It's me. I'm guilty. Like, yeah, that's that, what I would say if you're calling, if you're BSing somebody. But right. you go,
1: and that's what a guilty person says too. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking I mean, like that. Yeah. I mean, that's just Let great. me
2: let me let me tell you the story about this time I took her out there. And you're like, yeah. really?
1: Yeah. I would say the one thing it's you don't funny. lie about is a murder. I mean, on the list of lies you're going to tell over your over your career, <laughs> don't lie about murdering somebody. <laughs> that, that might come out the wrong way. <laughs> You know, no. somebody might look into you for that. So,
0: well, they did. And um, they I think he did take a polygraph, but wasn't.
2: I think it was inconclusive. Is it was inconclusive.
0: Think. And why not? Do, so, but guys, when he moved out of state, they left him alone. And that's the problem we have with this little circle here is because we right. we talked about this. You can go and listen to this episode, by the way. We It was like an hour and a half. We were out of You could even winery.
1: watch the video.
0: Yes, you, you could watch, watch the it. Only The only video. video
2: we have, yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> they're on YouTube.
0: But, it, but I mean, we talked about this. Like, it's just it, – it, they never, ever went after him again. Ever. They never asked more questions. And I had a problem with this. I, I asked you. I, I why. Know. You know I,
2: mean, I still work right now, right? So <laughs> I still have a job and I know. like I know Detective Chevalier is I think who's currently is assigned to that case. I, I think he still is. Like I like yeah. I know him.
0: Yeah, a, a I know, like, I know. Texas is so big but I so to, small. I know. No, I don't it, want yeah. you to say anything, no. but I'm just it's I just I know t-
2: that if it was us and we actually we just had a cold case that got ended up in a conviction from a murder from oh my gosh, it might be the eighties. Hey, we should actually maybe do it on the show. Okay. That's a that fantastic. Idea. Seems like a great yeah. idea, right? It. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things, like, you have it, go after it. Yeah. And we, we did. Yeah. And guess what? You know, the guy says, I did it. I mean, you never know what happens, right? Yeah. Right. Go find him.
0: Yeah, go find him is what we said, but they have not gone to find yeah. him yet. And based on this interview he did with Sean Sutherland, um, I think there is enough there to uh, – I think he got a lot out of him in this book. And was able to really pick up on, and now we know girl multiple girlfriends have called and, and you know, said that he was abusive to them yeah. throughout the year. So again, a repeated pattern. Um, so there has never been any arrests made in this case. I know we're short on time, so I'm gonna move Ooh, on. Sorry. There's never there's no arrests in this case. Um, I don't know if they still have tips coming in. Maybe, maybe not. It's been a very, very long time. Her family just they just want some answers. I know, just like every other family with unsolved cases. Um but you can listen to our full episode at Texas Wine and True Crime. So we're going to move on to the next one because we want to leave some time for Q and A. So the one thing I want to mention we have,
1: we, we have an, an hour, correct?
0: We have one hour. Okay. Yeah, we've got eight minutes. Yeah, you have so I'm eight minutes gonna, left. Okay. Okay. So, okay. okay. I, know,
1: I know you want to do three hours of material in one hour. I know. So I know.
0: Just, Very ambitious. I like doing this yes. I am I try to be okay, so human trafficking uh, let's just talk about we have a big we have a saying here if you see something, say something, and it's much better to say something and be wrong than not speak up and be right about something so Houston is our um, capital of our human trafficking here in Texas. I do believe there was a girl recently that disappeared outside of a gentleman's club in Houston she was originally from california i do believe they have now arrested someone for her murder i think it just came out in the news yesterday they i don't know if they have found her but they have found a perpetrator um i wanted to give the example of what just happened six minutes from here at american airlines center the 15 year old girl that went to the bathroom she's at the mavericks game with her father she goes to the restroom she doesn't come back he tells the arena authorities that his daughter is missing. She went to the restroom, never came back. They found her in Oklahoma 11 days later. Fortunately, we have nonprofits now that are dealing with human trafficking specifically in the state of Texas. And because of that organization, they were able to find nude photos of this girl on a prostitution website, which led them to a hotel room in Oklahoma where they found her and arrested eight people. Mm -hmm. So if you don't think it can happen to you, it can happen to you. Um, we just have to be vigilant. We're we're big, like we said, big victim advocates. We're very vigilant. People need to be um, aware of their surroundings and just, you know, and watch our kiddos. Now, I don't know if my kid turns 15, if I'm going to let her go to the bathroom by herself. But why do we have, you know, th- that's just something in our society that we had to deal with. Thankfully, she's home safe. She's been returned to her family. But eight people, including women, were involved in this rink.
1: By the time she's fifteen, we'll have toilets and the chairs that we sit in.
0: <laughs> wow. It Man. is the world is expanding. Yeah. I know. We're just
1: getting lazier and lazier. <laughs> you won't have to go anywhere. Yeah. And just, sit right <laughs> just sit right there. I said what whatever movie that is, uh Idiocracy, Idiocracy yeah. yes.
0: <laughs> and the other thing is mass shootings. But not my
1: original idea, I just want to say <laughs> my original,
0: somebody already yeah. trademarked that. Mass shootings. Um we hold the, the, uh, the number five, the number six, and the number seven slot in here in Texas for um, the most deaths in mass shootings in U.S. history. Um, number, so we covered the El Paso massacre. You can listen to that on our show. Um, number five was when the gunmen went into the First Baptist Church in um, Sutherland Springs, killing 25 people. Um, so and now number 7 which is Uvalde um 18-year-old walks in kills 19 children and two adults and then El Paso um, held the um the number 6 slot so we've got 5 6 and 7 um here in Texas um we talked And about- that
1: uh, a coworker I think 2 weeks ago yes. I want to say it was Nimitz and Richardson maybe her daughter goes there they did mm-hmm. have a, a A kid. It didn't really make much news. I didn't. I didn't see it on there. But I guess Mm -hmm. they found a um, AK forty seven in his in his car, yeah, loaded um, Mm -hmm. a pistol. Mm -hmm. And then I think somewhere within the school they found another um, rifle. Uh, It might have been an AR style that he had stashed. And obviously they uh, stopped anything from occurring. But. Yeah. Um, I think this kid the previous year had brought a BB gun to school mm-hmm. one day. Uh, so yeah. red flag, why is he still going there? I mean, I don't know. That's yeah. the tough thing. But um, yeah, it's a, it's got to be a, a challenge every stinking day, to, especially with these schools to go in and just what you're having to deal with.
0: Well, they are starting to change a few things. Um, uh, there's one school district here in Texas that is now only allowing clear black backpacks. You can only have clear backpacks at school um i i also believe if you go to a
1: concert clear backpack right then
0: yeah we weren't able to go to a concert because i walked in with <laughs> an unclear backpack i was mad
1: <laughs> <This is> ridiculous
0: <laughs> but um they have now bulletproof backpacks um for for children um bulletproof
1: back backpack. bulletproof backpacks i don't there was think a big that's a good idea the- it was
0: all it was all in the news so why the small you really got
1: to be standing in one certain direction to make that effective
0: some, but I mean, this is the world we live in. Right. And then you have our children coming off the playground saying that they've heard of Uvalde. Why would someone do that? This is a very sensitive subject. This is it's I'm almost wanting to compare the mass shootings of, of these victims and car accidents in Texas. I mean, I'm i am we're, we're talking a weekly thing. So this is a huge problem in our country. I'm not, you know, we talk about politics. We never talk about politics on our show. We're, we're, we just, we just don't. But military, even gun owners, which we are, uh, would agree that military style weapons do not belong on our streets. AR 15s are meant to kill people. That is why the military has them. And they don't belong in the hands of 18 year olds or anyone for that matter on our street. And as a police officer, I'm sure you would even maybe let's like that. let's not talk. Uh, you want
2: to bring me into it we're, no no no
0: no i don't know no we're not
1: discussing any nope. gun we only have on time for Q and A.
0: no gun rights but the, but the, but these are the assault rifles that do a lot of damage and there's a reason they buy them and that is to do a lot of damage yeah let's, so like we said, have to do some damage control with that
1: thankfully we're out of time we don't get to cover that topic today. <laughs>
0: so. okay so Q and A questions for yeah
2: So, you oh, you can talk. Yeah, so that's one of the things that we uh, – pardon me. I, I would love to talk to you and make eye contact. No, go ahead. Uh, no, no don't, don't worry out. about, about can it. can hear you. We're not, I mean, we're, you yeah, can, but no, – it. it, No, it'll pick up all, all that. All right, right, fine. Here. We're good. <laughs> <But> anyways, <laughs> yes, um, I would love – that would be one of the first things now that this is kind of one of those back-to-the-forefront type of deals is at some point in time, we, you got to – I mean, there's a lot more technology now, yeah. right, with your ground x-rays and things like that. So I think they even now have a drone that there's a product that's made where you can use a drone – to do ground x-rays. So it's like now is a great time to go back and revisit this case and, and look for that. Absolutely. You know, I
1: can't even – you mentioned drone. like That's like a tremendous way just even for searching large areas okay. like so quickly where, I mean, because you can get so much closer than a helicopter or something like that. I mean, yeah.
2: you can get yeah, like, and 20 you know, feet off the most ground. Most agencies have, have a drone program yeah. now, but that's no, it's like x-rays. It.
0: Yeah, was like yeah. yeah thanks so uh, how much uh, you're talking about technology mm-hmm. how much do you depend on just relationships changing over the course of a decade two decades and so someone who was perhaps holding information back because their relationship with someone it changes and so now they're willing to to come to you and say hey actually
2: blah 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 oh absolutely no that's a um, very good point i mean those are things we anytime that you have a a case like this—it's been thirty-three, thirty-five mm-hmm. years now. Um, going back and revisiting—when was the last time we tried to reach out to any of these people? That would be the very first steps. What do we have? What's available to us? And re- you re-examine everything yeah. instead of just saying, "Well, they've already done it. Call it a day." Right. But going back and doing that—absolutely—is somebody, so, somebody knows something, hundred percent.
0: Well, and most of the – but do you know that most people – most investigators, and you can disagree with me, but I read most investigators believe the tip will come from prison, from prisoners, for people who've had records that will be in there and say something, and then someone will come forward. That's why they made those cards, those playing cards. wouldn't somebody – wouldn't that person have to already be in prison to told somebody – to the prison well that's
2: the problem somebody has to be in prison for that to work and right. it's like for, li- them, it's yeah, for them to go brag about something they this have guy's to up be in right. ohio right now then he's not gonna tell us yeah yeah so yes ma'am uh, well thank you for giving me a new podcast,
0: oh thank, you. podcast. oh thank no. you thank you um two questions one is so do they know how that maverick the girl mm-hmm. uh, how did they get her from the bathroom was it a gun like how did they go? into went like, to like in the there was a, there's there's a video. Yeah, there's video of um. So here here's where a little speculation is right now, and I don't I I don't know if they've actually said this, but kids 15 are on the internet, right? And they're on these different sites. Some of the someone in the beginning believed that she actually had a conversation with one of these gentlemen, and he was going to the game, and that maybe she had gone to the bathroom to meet up with him. And then there ended up being more people, that, and then somehow getting her out of American Airlines Center. Well, that's what
1: I think too. Like and getting her—that's her a hard place to just because drag Because there is a video
0: out. of her walking, like walking. Walk you know, away. so they don't that's know if that
1: sounds—that sounds, she that was sounds taken, like a more likely scenario.
0: Or if she knew, or she somehow because they're predators. I mean, that's what they're doing. That's how they're finding these these young young girls.
2: Absolutely, and that's what you gotta. if you have any. Kids, relationships with kids, you've got to warn them about these internet relationships because we are expanding our human trafficking to go outside of the kid who was grabbed and then driven away. Because now what we're, you know, we work with Traffic 911. I'm actually on the Denton County uh, Human Trafficking Protocol Advisory Council. And, I mean, so uh, all the other things I'm a part of. And we are now, have exp- we've expanded way past that. Now we're looking at a girl who goes on to, I uh, just pick a social networking website and is looking for someone to give her some validation. And then these son of a guns are out there looking for her and saying, hey, why don't we just go hang out and I'll uh, buy you some clothes? Why don't we just go hang out and I'll just take you away from your mom who's being mean to you? Let's just, why don't we just go hang out? And then we find them four days later and they're like, well, we went from one hotel to another hotel to another hotel and the girl, almost trafficked herself. And I'm not, this isn't victim blaming. What I'm saying is there wasn't someone who talked her into it outside of the social networking and she was actually seeking that out. It's it's like the weirdest little thing mm-hmm. that we're evolving into now. So we're expanding what we investigate as human trafficking and Traffic 911 is a great uh, group to work with or that we work with. So, and they have That's a l- so, anyway, sorry. It's
0: a huge problem.
1: I mean, even just from playing games and chatting, I mean, those, that's a great place for somebody to go, like a predator. I mean, we sure. had even an innocent, we had some weird boy show up at my parents' house that my daughter was talking to online, and she tells him, doesn't know my parents' address, but she's like, oh, we live in Farms Branch by... A church and there's a pool of backyard and this little knucklehead goes on Google Earth, yes, of course, and okay. freaking zeroes down and shows up with a teddy bear and a picture. Yeah, of we himself. got to call
0: it ten o'clock at night because she spent the night at. at my, this is
1: no, yeah. no, this was the morning. That's why I can't. Oh, no, that's never right, like, it was the day. Yeah, time. like this guy. Maybe, it was innocent, but he was actually older than my daughter, like mm-hmm. five years older than her, and his twenty-one year old uh, cousin brought him over. And then I told the kid. I mean, I was like. You're in the wrong place, pal. I'll tell you right now. No. Chris went over there
0: packing. Yeah, because
1: my dad came over like frantic, (laughs) like something going gone. But then it was 21 year old.
2: Oh, no. I You're like, I'll tell you right now. I ever
1: bring him over? Do you know how old this kid is? And I, mean, I was yeah. like, you know. Yeah. But the thing is, my daughter didn't tell him, of course, didn't tell him how old she was either. No. So she did well, play part. Well, we've part encountered of this whole a lot deal.
2: of people who played up. They, yes, I told him he was, I was 17. Yes, I told him this or that. Oh, and, yeah? I mean, it's ridiculous, anyways. That is what's and I, crazy it's too. not even a justification for these knuckleheads. No. It's scary, though. We've really got to somehow educate. And that's where a lot of stuff, educate. a lot of it comes from. Even with the gun stuff, it's, man, there's a a giant chunk of our education that is not being passed down to these kids. And right. we've really got to do a better job of talking to them.
0: I know we're out of time. Sorry guys. So if you have more, but if you have more, call, thank you. Thank you everybody. Thank Appreciate you. it very much. Appreciate that. Thanks. If you have more questions, you can email us at team T E A M at Texas wine and true And I will send them over to him or whatever questions you have. Yes. He'll, so uh, thank you guys. Yeah, thank you everybody. Thank, thank you for really being here. Appreciate it. Thanks for having survey. us.